If you are just getting started with the NGSS and 3D teaching, I want to invite you to check out Bring Wonder Back, an on-demand video series designed to help you understand why moving through the textbook and teaching topics is actually crushing your students' curiosity and what you can do instead. It's going to help you shift the work of learning where it belongs by building your understanding of explorations and discovery-based teaching practices. And finally, I'm going to help you take the first steps toward transforming your students into scientists through 3D learning, which is really what the NGS is all about. You can access this video series at iExploreScience/wonder and get ready to bring wonder engagement and a love for learning back to your science class. All right, to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Science in 3D podcast. My name is Nicole Van Tassel. And I'm Erin Sadler. And we are two science teachers dedicated to helping you cut through the confusion and meet the intent of the NGSS so you can master all three dimensions. The NGSS can seem totally overwhelming, but implementing these standards doesn't need to be. Okay, so before we dive into today's topic, and we're going to be talking about what I'd like to call NGSS washing and how to spot it, um, we want to ask you to leave us a review at iTunes, pop in and say hello, and we will give you a shout out in a future episode. Uh, you can leave your questions, and we can answer those questions in a future episode, and you can always pop into our Facebook groups. We have NGSS newbies or um, the NGSS for middle and high school science teachers. Those are our two Facebook groups where you can find us. Let us know what you think of the podcast and let us know if you have any questions. Okay, so getting into our content, how do you know it's not NGSS? So um, I just want to start out by asking, what is this term NGSS watching that you talk about? Okay, so um, when I was in college, I was an environmental studies like major minor. I switched back and forth. But anyway, um, and I heard the term greenwashing. And basically, it's this idea that companies use words like natural, green, pure, clean, you know, anything you can think of. Like, I think of Panera, they say, like, eat clean. Like, what are you going to do, eat dirty, like, fruits and vegetables? No, everything you eat is clean. But, um, I mean, theoretically. But it's, <laughs> it's used to imply, like, that it's healthy or it's good for the environment or something like that. But in reality, these, like, words are not regulated. So consumers, a lot of times, associate like green with organic and so they think it's an all-natural candy bar it's a green candy bar it's great it's healthy for you because it has maple syrup but it's probably just as bad and fattening and going to give you as much of a sugar rush as you know a candy bar full of like regular sugar or regular syrup or whatever so I kind of translated that greenwashing term into this NGSS washing and basically it's when you just slap on the NGSS label onto something that is not actually NGSS aligned but you say it's aligned because the content matches up, you know, cells and cells, photosynthesis and photosynthesis, even though it's not like three-dimensional or um, facing the yeah, science and engineering practices, anything like that. It's not aligned, but we slap on the label and we think it's aligned. And especially teachers who are starting out with the NGSS, they don't even realize that it's not a, like a good representation of the standards. So that's, that's my NGSS washing term. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny because um, we have, we totally um, have this problem in my family. I don't eat gluten. So my husband is like, oh, I got you this thing. It's like, you know, this candy bar or something like that, but it's, it's gluten-free. And I'm like, 
that doesn't mean that I want to eat it, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yes. everything that's gluten-free just because it's gluten-free, you know, I'm not going to eat 12 candy bars because yes. I, you know, I can. Yes. Oh my gosh. Somebody at my husband's work, what made Buffalo chicken dip or something. Uh-huh. And it was just telling everybody how it's like gluten-free and, and my husband's like, isn't it always gluten-free? It's like cheese <laughs> and meat <laughs> and it's still not healthy for you just because yeah. it's gluten-free. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it was. Del- I'm sure it was delicious dip, but but yeah. yeah, same idea. Like we just slap on these labels, and we think that it means it's a good thing, and it's not always the truth behind the that label. Absolutely. So where do we see this NGSS greenwashing? Okay, so for me, Teachers Pay Teachers is like the biggest culprit, and I don't mean that in any way to bash Teachers Pay Teachers because I obviously I'm on there, I sell on there, I use the resources on there. Um, but a problem I've seen is that there's a lot of established sellers who really just tried to jump on the bandwagon of the NGSS by relabeling their existing products with the new standards. Like if they have a topographic maps lab, they throw in their, and especially in their middle school curriculum, they throw in the NGSS standard, but it's a fourth grade standard. So it doesn't even align grade wise, let alone, practices and all of that stuff right yeah I know I've there's um we've talked about this a lot we're not gonna like name names or anything but there's a couple of the really big sellers who are claiming to be using NGSS and 5e and like you can tell just by looking at it that it it's not it's just not at all um so you know it's something that we really have to be careful of and you know it's we've talked also talked about that it's not necessarily like the tiny sellers that we're concerned about you know i think that a lot of people are still confused as to what ngss is mm-hmm. but there's a few people who um who are big name sellers who i think have this established credibility yeah. from f- on this topic that they don't really know that much about because they teach to different standards <laughs> so yes like their products are probably super well aligned the standards that they were developed for but they're trying to just slap on these new labels or the or the ngss label the ngss standards and it doesn't match up but because they are known to create these you know good engaging and fun activities for students people just trust that well they said it's ngss so it's ngss yeah definitely and yeah and i think that there's you know just in general this like this confusion between inquiry and NGSS and just mm-hmm. because it's inquiry based doesn't mean it's NGSS and yes. you know it's really difficult to do NGSS well and I mean I know that my products I worry about this you know when I put them up on my store because I'm trying to make them usable but it's hard to make them usable for everybody and you know also three-dimensional and also you yes. know all these things so um so, you know, if I don't even necessarily fault people who are, you know, trying to do it really well, it's just this like, no, I got it. It's great. <laughs> yes. Well, and every, I mean, we're all like growing in our understanding of the standards and how we can use the standards and how we can support students with the standards. So you do have just this kind of um, like spectrum of people who are really trying to implement it and are doing a pretty good job of it. And maybe there's some disconnect and even in like, some of the stuff I do and some of the stuff I, I created like a year ago, I look back and right. I'm like, I would tweak this now. I would change this, right. you know, now that I know more. And I think that for sure happens. It's just yeah. the, the people that are, are 
basically not even changing older activities right. and slapping on those labels. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And along those lines, you said with like confusion about inquiry in NGSS, I think there's also a confusion with hands-on in NGSS. Absolutely. People think if it's hands-on, if it's an activity where it's, they're manipulating, it's a lab that it automatically means inquiry, it automatically means aligned to the standards, the science and engineering practices, and that's not really the case either. Absolutely. And also 5E and NGSS. If it's 5E, then it's probably NGSS. It's like, yes. nope. No. 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 So yeah, there's definitely just tons of confusions. And that's why we are, we created this episode basically, which is like, how do you know it's not the NGSS? Um, some kind of red flags, I guess, that we've identified that can help you identify. It might not help you fully understand the extent that it is aligned, but at least you can rule out some of the stuff that's totally not aligned. Yeah. So one of the signs that I have seen that really is a red flag for me when it's not aligned to the NGSS is when you it's not grade specific or yeah. grades are given, but it says like sixth through twelfth grade right. or third through eighth grade. Right. Yeah, and that will look different in elementary school versus like middle and high school because if you're a third grade teacher, you have specific third grade standards. Where if you're a sixth grade teacher, you know, your standards that fall into sixth grade might be somebody else's eighth grade standard. So, you know, we could see in middle school those bands, you know, sixth to eighth grade, but in elementary school, we should only be seeing one grade level unless it's for something like the science and engineering practices or the cross cutting concepts, which are you know, written into a band. Yes, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Um, thank you for clarifying the bands part because I automatically think of sixth through eighth and nine through twelfth, and I just the elementary doesn't pop into my head as much. But you're right. Elementary it should be one specific grade, one specific. unless you're looking at the SEP, the science and engineering practices, or the cross cutting concepts. But but yeah, for middle school, you are going to see the bands. You're going to see sixth through eighth but you shouldn't see sixth and 10th grade lumped together because the con both the practices and the content look different. Like you might learn about some, something related to the rock cycle in middle school, but you're not going to learn the exact same thing related to the rock cycle in high school. Not at all. And yeah, and I, I feel like I see that a lot with resources. They will have a big grade band, sixth through 12th grade. And that's definitely an indication that it's not actually, it might be matching up some concepts, but it's not actually looking at the performance expectation. Yeah. And I think um, one of the things that you showed me that I really liked was um, the NSTA matrix forks. Um, and that's a really good way to see if the specific content is actually aligning with your grade level. Um, because you can look at like all of the DCI for K through 12 and really see where it's, where exactly it falls. And that's a really good resource to use. And maybe we can link to that. Yes, definitely. That is a good idea. I was just looking at today, like the water cycle and those related concepts in like middle school versus what should they already know in right. from like fourth and fifth grade and so on, because we shouldn't be reteaching the same stuff every single year. The whole point right. is that we can move beyond that and right. go more into depth because you're not spending so much time doing the same thing year after year after year. Absolutely. Yes. So what is another one of your signs? Let's see. <laughs> um, so uh, I think another thing that I see is that it's lecture based or, you know, it says PowerPoint presentation. Um, and that just, you know, that that's not NGSS because that is, 
you know, coming from, uh, from direct instruction and direct instruction can happen in an NGSS classroom, but that should be towards the end of your instructional sequence and only really um, in a very limited capacity. So that's yeah. all. <laughs> I've seen that too. It's like highlighted, like comes with full PowerPoints and worksheets and, and I'm just like, oh no, that's a huge sign that, that students are not learning through discovery. They are being told what the concepts are, what the vocabulary is. Um, it's all that like lectures, note-taking textbooks, videos. It's not that I'm going to discover it through the activities. Right. And I see a lot of teachers, you know, who see these types of things and they're like, oh, that would be so great if I didn't have to make my own PowerPoints. And they're not coming from that place of I shouldn't even really be doing that in the first place. Yes. You don't need PowerPoints at all. Like get rid of them all. (laughs) Absolutely. And that's not to say, like you said, that's not to say that there's no direct instruction or that there's no note taking or anything like that. I mean, I used note-taking. I had a document camera that I loved because yeah, we could model stuff. We could like have conversations around the same picture or notes or drawing or graphic organizer or whatever it was. It's just, it's carried out differently. And yeah. typically, le- typically lectures and, and PowerPoints, they're happening, like you said, at the end of a sequence, like a learning sequence, and they're not, um, they're not the big learning activity. Yeah, that's not how kids are getting most of their information. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Let's see. One of the other things that I've seen is it's missing one or more of the three dimensions. And this is harder to spot. Um, But for the most part, you're always going to see the content line up. That's when you're NGSS watching something, you are going for the content and you are saying, look, this activity has cells and I name all the organelles and this activity has cells and I am doing something different with that. And they both have cells, so it's it, it aligns, right? It's the same standard. Um, and I was talking to somebody online the other day, and and they were talking about how uh, the, the content aligns. And I guess the example that I used was you can have an activity that you have two activities about cells. One is students are labeling a cell and just listing all of the organelles and telling you what each each of the organelles do, their function. Right. That's not really NGSS because you can just Google it and you can just copy like word for word. Um, on the other hand, if you are going to explain how those organelles are maintaining homeostasis when you drop some salt water on a, or not maintaining homeostasis, uh, when you drop some salt water on a, an onion cell or something, you have a specific phenomenon, the onion cell, the salt water, you are applying what you know about the organelles. That is a very different activity. So a lot of times you, you, the content, they'll match up, but then you won't have the science and engineering practice and you won't have the cross-cutting concept. Yeah. And I, you know, that kind of goes back to, you know, what we were saying about the DCI is, is that the kids aren't getting the DCI that those basic things that they have to know are not the same as they used to be, you know, like they don't have to know, they don't have to memorize the function of every organelle. <laughs> like, yes. and I think that teachers see that and they're familiar with it. And so they go, Oh, this is great. This covers everything. And the truth is, is that you can't, if you're teaching all of those things in your classroom, you're not going to have time to get through your standards. No, you, there's no way you can teach it in an NGSS kind of way if you're still trying to teach all of the content that you used to teach. No. Exactly, yeah. 
And that is where like the evidence statements are amazing because you can pop into that performance expectations evidence statement, see what the like core pieces of content that they need to know in order to, to do that evidence, to do that performance expectation. And then you can kind of get rid of the rest or if you have time for the rest, awesome. Or, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was um, listening to a podcast yesterday and actually um, one of the main guys on the podcast was saying something about how he just has completely eliminated an entire unit because he knows that he doesn't have time and he's strategically picked, you know, which one that he knows that the kids are going to see in a different grade level. And so he just, you know, he's decided that he's not going to do it in his classroom anymore because it takes so much time to do NGSS really well, especially in the beginning of the year. Yeah, yes, definitely. As students are adjusting and teachers mm-hmm. are adjusting and all of that. Um, yeah, for sure. So I feel like we veered a little bit and I, I probably started it, but the missing one or more of the three dimensions. So your content might match up, but that doesn't mean it's NGSS. So right. what you want to look for is that you're seeing the science and engineering practices and the cross-cutting concepts. And I would say like when you're just starting out and you're struggling to determine is this three-dimensional? Even if you just focus on the science and engineering practices, you can typically work in the cross-cutting concepts with like a little discussion, but the science and engineering practices are really what is going to be the foundation of the activity. Yeah. So for me, if I don't see a science, science and engineering practice as the vehicle that students are using to like discover the content or figure out the content or work with the content, then for me, that means it's probably not aligned. It's not three-dimensional because it's just. Yeah, definitely. Um, I was working on um, something for um, planning and carrying out investigations for third through fifth grade. And that, that grade band, um, can't talk today. Um, Science and engineering practice is, um, it pairs really well with cause and effect relationships. Mm -hmm. So um, so a lot of times the science and engineering practices already have that component, that third dimension built in. So it's really easy to bring that piece in. So if you're looking for the science and engineering practices, a lot of times, um, then it will also pull in the cross-cutting concepts. Yeah. Like, um, with analyzing and interpreting data, it is so easy to look at patterns, you know, like what's the pattern that you see in the data. That's so easy to tie in even some of like the mathematical, um, you know, that's just a, uh, way you can tie in um, like patterns and then you get into cause and effect and things, so on and so forth. Yeah. But you're right. Like a lot of the practices kind of build in yeah. a cross-cutting concept. So, yeah. and um, I would also say that if you are purchasing like an entire year's worth of curriculum or something like that, you need to make sure that there are multiple science and engineering practices used. All of the science and engineering practices should be used because um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff that's just like a CER. You write claim evidence and reasoning, and then you're incorporating the science and engineering practices. And it's like, you're just doing one. <laughs> so Right. Uh, and like, that's not even the only way to do argumentation. Right. Like that strategy spotlight we just did um, for like science teacher tribe right. was kind of all about well, in making that, I was diving deeper into like what argumentation is and what it can be. And now I, I actually am of the opinion that like CER isn't even necessarily the best way to do it. I think you need to have that discussion and the, the talking part that happens first. Yeah, I'm starting to use CER more in my, um, uh, in the explanation piece, mm-hmm. the argumentation piece. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because you, I mean, to really argue, you have to have somebody else you're bouncing your ideas off of, right? And the paper isn't talking back to you. So um, that's not to say like, I think CER has its place and I, I use that strategy all the time, but, but you're right. It's just one tool. And if every single unit is just CER, well, you're, you have one practice or a part of a practice, but you haven't definitely, you haven't embraced all of them. So very true. Um, one other thing I've noticed is like the assessments. So old style assessments, they're not three-dimensional. Um, so do you want to talk about like what three-dimensional assessments are or aren't? Yeah, sure. Um, so um, I can kind of talk more about what we do in California because we have our, um, our, our state test and that's called the CAST test. It's the California science test. And um, every single question that they ask on the test has to have at least two dimensions. And I haven't seen a single one that doesn't have th all three. So um, students need to be doing all three things and they never get um, a question where it's just a knowledge-based question. Um, because the reality of the situation is you can't teach kids all of the knowledge-based things that they could possibly know about a specific content. So kids need to be able to take a new situation and apply what they've learned to that new situation. So um, applying the science and engineering practices and um, cross-cutting concepts to that new situation. Yeah, so. Yeah, no, exactly. So that's like what your assessment should look like. You have the science and engineering practice with so like a task students are carrying out and the new situation, that would be like your phenomena that you provide on the assessment, the scenario or the graph or yeah. the image or the video or whatever form it, it comes yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for cleaning that up for me because of <laughs> no, it was that's perfect, but yeah. I'm elaborating on it. Yeah. Um I think that also um like in our classrooms that will look very different because um the the state tests that your students are taking are you know, under very confined standard or constraints. So um so there's a lot of things that they can't do, mm -hmm. whereas in your classroom, you can have something that's very performance based um, and, you know, students can be using equipment, students can be, you know, developing a model, something like that, um, where you're not under those same constraints of having to have your assessment completely and totally on a computer within two hours, you know, so. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I would say, and I think we have an episode that we're going to like dive deeper into assessments and all of that, definitely. you know, what they look like. Um, but definitely they're like built around a specific event or phenomenon. They are open-ended in the sense that either they're doing a task, maybe it's on paper, maybe it's on computer, maybe it's like a 3D thing or an ongoing project or something like that. Um, and it's not just knowledge-based, it's really application. Right. So when you're looking at resources and lessons, if, you know, the assessment, if the resource says three page multiple choice test or um, Quizlet, I don't, is that a thing? Kahoot yeah. quiz, like, yeah. yeah, those are fun little formative things, but obviously they're all content based yeah. and they're not having those three, they're not embodying those three dimensions. So that's a big sign that the unit or the lesson or whatever it is, is not aligned to the NGSS because there's no three dimensions. It's just spit back the content. Right. Yeah. And that just doesn't, doesn't fly with NGSS anymore. So. Right. Exactly. 
Um, okay, so do we have one more reason, one more sign? I think that um, so the last line is that it's not um, designed for NGSS specifically. So um, one of the things that I know that I've seen is um, that the standards are like, they say NGSS and another set of standards. Like, um, and I think the one that we see most often is, what is it, Tex or? The Texas one. Yeah, the Texas yeah. standards. Yeah, um, and we see those a lot. I think that's in part because I, Texas, I think, is one of the only places where they're um, still, like, they're not calling it NGSS or a form of NGSS. They have, like, a completely and totally different set of standards. They do. And all of, um, I remember learning when I was in grad school, like almost all of the textbook publishers are based in Texas too. So that could also maybe play a role in like, they're big in education and in standards and in textbooks and assessments and all of that. Um, But they aren't, but their standards are not aligned to the NGSS. So if it was designed for Texas or honestly, if it was designed, Pennsylvania has not adopted the NGSS and they haven't, their standards have not been changed to even be similar to the NGSS. So like a lot of states have not adopted fully, but they have standards that are pretty strongly based on the NGSS. Like offhand, I know Alabama's are very similar to the NGSS. Um, Kentucky has like some version, New York, the new standards are very similar. They've added a little or taken out a little or something like that. But they, they all kind of have that three dimensions, um, the science and engineering practices, things like that. Um, Pennsylvania does not. And as far as I know, Texas hasn't updated theirs. And I mean, there's a bunch of other states that haven't. Yeah. So if it's not designed for the NGSS or for a state that has adopted some version of the NGSS, like it's not going to align. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I would recommend looking at if you really want to dive deep and see if if the standards match the standards that you were looking at, then look at their Department of Education um, website and see their what their science standards are. Because I've had a few people tell me, no, we're doing NGSS. And then I look at the standards and it's it's just the disciplinary core ideas, basically. Like they have only looked at um, the DCI and there's no three-dimensionality to it. So um, yeah. you, you just really need to um, be aware that NGSS doesn't necessarily look the same in in different states. Yeah, yeah that is true. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that said, I mean, like there's a lot of schools in, and teachers in Pennsylvania that are using NGSS, even though it doesn't align and that's okay too. But I, you know, if you're looking at activities designed for state specific state yeah specific state standards then you want to make sure that they're NGSS the state standards are NGSS or you're not going to have that match up so so to review okay so we said not grade specific um, especially at the elementary level or grade band specific at the middle and high school level we said uh, if it is primarily lecture based like powerpoints so on and so forth that it's missing one or more of the three dimensions if it's primarily based in the DCI. It's assignment, yep, the assignment's not NGSS. Um, if the assessment basically looks like your old assessments, which are multiple choice, fill in the blank, um, matching, not performance-based, not application-based, that's an indication that the unit as a whole or the lesson as a whole is not NGSS. And the last one that we said was that it's not designed for NGSS specifically. So if it says it's, um, that it's aligned to NGSS and some other standards, or it's an older product that, um, that now has the NGSS label on it, it's probably not NGSS. 
Yes, NGSS washing. That's I'm going to coin that term, NGSS washing. Everybody should use it. it when you slap on the NGSS label on things that are not designed for the NGSS. So, so that's everything we have for you today. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Making sure that your lessons are three-dimensional isn't always easy. While you don't need to include all three dimensions every single day, you do want to make sure that each dimension is regularly addressed. I developed a really simple 3D planner to help keep me focused. It helps me track which pieces I'm using in my daily lesson plans. It only takes me five minutes to fill out, and it helps me notice patterns in my own lesson planning. For example, when I first started using it, I noticed I wasn't including the cross-cutting concepts as often as I thought I was. Just by recognizing this, I was able to focus on this one piece and improve my lessons. Right now, you can grab the same template that I use for my own planning for free. Go to sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner to grab yours. That's sadlerscience.com slash 3dplanner.